The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond, and hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, episode 642, and if you didn't know this about me, back in middle school, I used to write parody Eminem songs as my math teacher, as a rap artist. If you're wondering why I'm telling you that right now, it's because I'm vamping for time, because we had so many technical difficulties before starting the show. I may have to vamp for time during the show, so get used to a lot of those weird facts. I'm joined this week by Lucy O'Brien. Hello and beyond. Uh, I just do want to apologize in advance. Uh, I am half a problems, uh, the technical difficulties that Dorno was just talking about. For some reason, my internet today is dropping in and out, so I may just suddenly disappear and then pop back in. Please pretend like it didn't happen. It is a pleasure to be here for some percentage of this show. <laughs> We're glad to have you here, whatever that percentage turns out to be. We're also joined this week by Max Scoville. Did you just say technical difficulties? <laughs> I think you said technical difficulties, and that sounds that sounds like this- a something bad this is bad news it's like beyond is now a hentai I'll slowly pan the camera down and it's like ooh. well uh well uh we're also joined this week by tom release date marks no no you no, that's not it no there have been some good guesses in the meantime but no that- but this this episode is definitely under some lovecraftian curse so yeah tentacle difficulties is probably real what we're dealing with um before we get into uh the meat of the show and a lot of the big playstation news we do have to talk about this week first thing i wanted to mention was if you haven't heard recently in the last few weeks we do have on the ign official store an elderly irish woman shirt which you can pick up and buy one for yourself uh it is based of course on our wonderful lucy o'brien uh and thank you to everyone who has been buying one because you have made it one of the most popular shirts on that store since it launched seriously Uh, yeah Yeah, it's like the 17th most popular uh shit on the store okay okay. yeah that's pretty high there's like hundreds of shirts (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just want to say thank you to so much to everyone who who has bought one of these things, and also uh, thank you so much to everyone who's tweeted out their photos um, of them wearing the t-shirt at me. Um, I'm going to put it all together in a big collage at the end and like share. Well, at, at the you, end, have you gotten any people who've bought them for actual elderly Irish relatives who are women? No, but we're. I think. I think we. We. You know, it's a demographic that we're thinking about, Matt. We are targeting that demographic now. It's, yeah, it's definitely in the in the backs of our minds for sure. It is uh, absolutely, and uh, thank you to everyone who's been commenting on the show and sending those tweets to Lucy. Uh, we really appreciate you supporting the show like that. Uh, and of course, if you want one, store.ign.com has them, and you can buy a Beyond shirt as well as all of the other IGN shows we have shirts for, too. Uh, before we get into the show, I did want to read, it's been a while since I've done one of these, but comment of the week. Uh, we like to highlight some of the fun, weird, silly comments from our show every week when I remember to do this. Uh, and this week's comes from the YouTube version of episode six. 641 from James. Uh, James was following up on our discussion last week about what the name of the Sony robot might be. And James wrote, wrote, absolutely no word of a lie. I had an uncle Godwin when I was really young. He wasn't actually a blood relative, but basically my granddad's adopted father. His name was Godwin Salt. He was an aristocratic farm owner. And despite evidence to the contrary, he was not invented by Charles Dickens. That is amazing. And also, the robot should absolutely be called Godwin Salt. Salt, yeah. That is a perfect name. That name is incredible. Yeah. It's also definitely like a Bioshock villain's name just waiting to be used. Oh, yeah. It's probably been used and we just forgot. You just played the first Bioshock a few months back, so you may find out in the other games. That could also be a Far Cry villain. Yeah. 
Also, just to give you a sense of how warped time is, a few months back, I think it was like a year ago. It was. Yeah, you're right. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, speaking of time being irrelevant, let's talk about a new story that happened just yesterday as we're recording two days before this episode airs, but could have happened a year ago because that's how it can feel sometimes. Um, we learned at the beginning of this week, uh, we'll start with the news and then get into the like less savory aspect of it but we did learn the last of us part two and ghost of tsushima have brand new release dates uh the last of us part two is coming june 19th i believe i'm going to double check that and ghost of tsushima is july 17th so it's a, so exciting yeah a uh what ended up originally being an indefinite move was a three-ish week move for uh the last of us part two and then ghost which was originally supposed to come out at the end of june june 26th Obviously, it would not be great to release those two major PS4 games within a week of each other. So this gives Ghost some breathing room in between. Uh, how do we feel about these r- new release dates? Obviously, they're close. We don't have to wait too long for them. Uh, how do you all feel about them? Yeah, I mean, like, we were, we spent a lot of time speculating how far apart Ghost of Tsushima would be to The Last of Us. But I sort of feel like that was y- yesteryear. You know, that was that was your, and now things have changed, and I don't really care if if if... If two games, uh, two two PlayStation exclusives are released relatively close together, because I'm going to be playing them both to the very end because I have that time, um, and I think it's it's super exciting. Uh, I I'm sad that you know The Last of Us had to sort of make that really dramatic uh, sort of call, but I'm very pleased that it's sort of like now we have a definitive release date once. I I love that you you phrase this not as uh, two new games got delayed again, but we got two <laughs> we got two brand new release dates. Yeah. Uh, no, this is this is. I was expecting um you know Ghost of Tsushima to get kicked down the road a little bit, and like honestly, a three week delay is not that bad. And uh, I, I was actually like kind of kind of bummed out by like the the Last of Us delayed indefinitely because that's like that's like mom and dad are you getting back together and it's like well we're separated indefinitely it's like that's i don't know that sounds like so serious and, and upsetting so that's but I've, I've, that's the weird thing about the word is indefinitely does can go both ways right indefinitely could mean this game is canceled like obviously it wasn't for the last of us that no one ever thought that was the case for the last of us but like it could mean that in certain contexts uh or it could just mean a couple weeks like it, it it's a word that genuinely can like just mean we don't know as like the word they use pretty much and but, that's what it but, ended up being i agree but generally people think of it as a like glass half empty kind of thing like you know oh, yeah. if someone it's got a negative relationship yeah. Like we've yeah. separated indefinitely. Like no one's like, mm, it sounds like it could go either way. It's like, no, 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 that relationship is like that is that is a done deal, my friend. And um, I think that's why people yeah. are celebrating the dates, Max, not because it's like, yeah, it's two, three week delays or no, two, I'm, a couple I'm of weeks. I'm right there delays. with you. It's it's a little tiny, like just little sliver of of something being definite and that we can count on. It's not like <laughs> something tangible, maybe? something yeah. tangible that we well, can hold on to. Well, What's really funny about them too is I like we went in sort of expecting this could be a longer delay. Like how close could this get to the PS5 launch theoretically? Like would we see them go to the fall? My guess is it probably was a like a massive logistical thing to figure out of like oh, what does the distribution pipeline look like? As as unsavory as some other stuff is that we can get to in a second. Like I do think the weird like little details we don't know about this delay probably have a lot of business stuff that is just very boring to a mass audience so that's why we don't hear about it like they had to figure out getting things to stores getting things on digital making sure countries might be able to support that stuff on the internet side and Um, i totally prefer this where they say as early as they know hey guys last of us isn't going to come out when we think it's when you think it's going to come out than the alternative, which is right now we learn that Last of Us is delayed three weeks, right? Like, yeah, I I, I prefer they tell you, uh, tell us early on that they know something is coming with a delay and they just don't quite know what yet. Like, that's much more preferable to me than finding out very, very late. Yeah, it's I, I way prefer the way that we found out this recently. And I think something that, you know, maybe they were looking at or not uh, in between those announcements or at least like information that we got since the announcement of the delay. And now is we saw a major game like Final Fantasy VII hit 3.5 million units. 
uh, despite the supply constraints and despite the issues going on in the world. Obviously, that game's uh, copies were already out and manufactured to a certain extent, but maybe seeing the success that that game had and Animal Crossing had makes them think, okay, maybe we can still have a successful launch even with these concerns for a game this big. And Final Fantasy did not have a clean launch, right? Yeah. Like Final Fantasy came out early in Australia. It was hard to get in other places. Like that was a messy launch and it still did really, really well. So yeah, I, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if that inspired. And I, I think these release dates are solid, especially considering all other forms of entertainment are on pause. Like TV shows can't film all the movies except for Tenet from Christopher Nolan have been delayed out of the summer. Uh, so June and July are pretty empty months for entertainment. So to have these two major blockbuster games while everyone's stuck at home, pretty good, uh, pretty good audience to have uh, at your fingertips. I do want to mention, though, we did reach out because when uh, Less of Us Part 2 got delayed, Iron Man VR was also delayed, and it wasn't mentioned in this update. We reached out to Sony and they said, expect news on that in the coming weeks. Now, again, like the word indefinitely, the coming weeks could be next week. It could be 12 weeks from now. I don't know. But uh, hopefully we get word on that game's release weeks at some point to soon. Come. Weeks to come. <laughs> um, I do want to move on, though, uh, and still talk about The Last of Us Part Two a little bit, because in addition to this release date announcement on Monday over the weekend before it, and uh, obviously on Monday in particular, we saw what allegedly and seemed to be proven true by a Naughty Dog statement were a lot of leaks of The Last of Us Part Two. Now, all of us on the show have tried to avoid all of the spoilers as much as possible. We are not going to be talking about any story beats or alleged things that happen in the game. We don't want to ruin the game for anyone who's wanting to go in as blind as we want to go into it. So um, we won't be ruining any of that stuff. Uh, but we, I do think it's worth talking about. Uh, and I'll kick it off by saying Naughty Dog commented later on Monday saying, we know the last few days have been incredibly difficult for you. We feel the same. It's disappointing to see the release and sharing of pre-release footage from development. Do your best to avoid spoilers, and we ask that you don't spoil it for others. The Last of Us Part Two will be in your hands soon. No matter what you see and hear, the final experience will be worth it. Um, I think we can all agree like it is a huge bummer to see these spoilers out there, obviously, and having this discussion going on about the game. Um, I, I want to ask you all, though, how you're feeling about it, because for me, what's really struck me is like the conversation that has come out about whether or not these these leaks were a good thing or like a, a righteous or a just thing, it, it, which has surprised me as sort of the conversation. Well, I think I mean that's that's on the basis that that we you know that we understand that it was a someone who was uh, working in Naughty Dog who leaked this uh, because they were disgruntled. Uh, they had this is and 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 Dorno, correct me if I'm if if there's been any update since or anything like that. But that you know that it was a a pay dispute. Um, that's what they we're operating under, knowing, yeah, like we don't have this 100% confirmed, so like there are definitely details and things we not, won't know for sure, but that seems to be the like operating story that we're all working with right now. Um, yeah, and I, I guess, yeah. you know, if that is if that is the case, uh, I feel bad for that, uh, that particular employee that they were being uh, badly treated at, at work. That really sucks. Um, and obviously there are some systemic things that need to be fixed uh, in that regard. I think... The main issue I have with anyone sort of being like, oh, yeah, stick it to the man, blah, 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 um, is that, you know, when 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 you leak something like this, you're not just uh, you're not just kind of hurting the people you want to hurt. You're not just uh, you know, it's, it's not a laser focused uh, attack. It's it's kind of a scatter shot with a machine gun. You know what I mean? And basically everyone gets caught in the crossfire of this. And uh you're not, you know, this person not only screwed over, again, the people he wanted to screw over, but he screwed over all his colleagues, um, all the people who had worked so hard on this game for so long. And I know leaks aren't, and I don't want to operate off the proviso that leaks are the be-all and end-all of, of, of a, a piece of, of art. Um, but you've, if you've kept it under wraps for four, five, six years, you know, and then someone like reveals it at, at the finishing line right before you're about to cross that finishing line. It's such a kick in the dick. You know what I mean? And I, I just, I feel so, I feel so bad for everyone who worked so hard on that game for so long. And they're a passionate bunch at Naughty Dog, you know, even, even those who, who aren't necessarily happy with their working conditions, with 
with crunch, you know, obviously there was the, the Jason Trier article earlier on in the year. Um, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that they're not passionate about what they're making. That doesn't mean that, that they don't want to give their all. That doesn't mean they don't want to produce the best thing that they could produce and to have someone just go almost like almost flippantly just go, you know, here, here, here you go world. Here's some piecemeal information about the plot. That's going to like ruin it for so many people. Um, so I, I'm really, I'm really sad. I'm really frustrated. Uh, I think the conversation is is nowhere near as black and white as as, as people are making it out to be. Um, I just, I, I, I think there are a million other ways that this could have gone, and I'm really sad that it went. That's my take. Yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't really see. We see a lot of spoiler stuff pop up, but it's kind of unusual for it to be so. Like, it's usually not malicious. Like, some people will find information and they will use it maliciously and they'll be like, I'm going to go, you know, post this in YouTube comments. And there are probably people doing that right now. Um, and it's, it, that's, you know, that's, it's weird to see it, like, it, it's weird to see pettiness at this level. Like, for somebody who was, like, creatively involved with making something to be like, I don't care. Like, that's, I don't even know what you'd call that. It's not like, like, it's not industrial espionage. It's like... <laughs> it's sort of like industrial party pooping, you know, like it's just, it's, I mean, the ter- we use the term spoiler, like that's it. It's, it's something is, is spoiled. Like the element of surprise has been, it has gone bad, you know, like obviously there's still plenty in the game that will surprise people and will, um, you know, blow everyone away. And I, like reading a thing, like reading a string of text on a website is not the same experience as playing a triple A video game that's been worked on by hundreds of people for, you know, for years. But at the same time, there is that like that element of surprise. There's that pageantry of something being revealed that is no longer packs quite the punch it did, you know. So, and context of those moments is so important too, right? Yeah. Like it, it's you could you could spoil any number of things by just like any number of movies, TV shows, games, whatever, by just saying like a moment. But that moment in context with the setup, with the, the emotional investment, you get to that point where it would happen can have a very different impact on you. It can have very different meaning. It can have a very different level of quality, even if you experience it in the context it needs to be experienced. Um, yeah, I've I've seen a lot of people talking, you know, I, I've unfortunately gotten spoiled a little bit, so I saw some of the conversation. I've seen yeah, a lot of people too. like judging, oh, the story is bad or this choice, is, like the story isn't good. Uh, there, I have all these problems. This is going to be a bad game. And it's like... It, like you were saying, Tom, those moments are then robbed of their context. And like, yes, there are people online saying if this game is still going to sell massively, I'm not going to pretend that like suddenly Naughty Dog is going to lose millions of sales because of this. But like the tenor of conversation around the game is already starting from a like, no, maybe it's not terrible because of this activeness. And I'm going to keep going as Lucy popped out. And now she's popping back in. We're good, Lucy. Okay, cool. Um, and so it, it's this frustrating thing where we already have to be like, okay, maybe the full game will give us a better perspective of how good or bad these moments actually are. And it, it, like, it robs what is obviously meant to be a very like thoughtful and thought provoking game, given the last of us pedigree from the original game. Like it robs some of that initial conversation of that, uh, tone and of that cadence. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think of similar spoilers that are like the statute of limitations is like up on to talk like compare this to like and the one that i keep coming back to is like return of the jedi right like spoilers for return of the jedi if anybody has not watched star wars return of the jedi but uh like if you clipped just the moment of darth vader picking up the emperor and throwing him down the shaft and you put that online before that movie came out probably a lot of people would be like this makes no sense this is totally weird it doesn't make sense for any of these characters what how did this is stupid that's the the like build-up of darth vader in that moment is like you you see kind of where he's going right like you see why he took that turn and like that's also the kind of that's the kind of shit that kojima puts in like the trailer that puts that comes out for like the launch of one of his games (laughs) like here's here's 15 seconds from the final cutscene. enjoy right yeah. Uh, and the other thing I, I did want to say really fast, too, is like, uh, if you are not bothered by spoilers out there, like, that's that's fine. That's great. But like, just it's so easy to forget that, like, people take spoilers really differently and like different levels of spoiler really differently. Like for some people, myself included, sometimes depending on the context, like just knowing that there is a twist in something will sometimes be like enough to be like 
wondering what it is for some people, whereas other people will just be like, oh, there's a twist. Like, okay, that's fine. So, like, everyone sort of has a different tolerance of this. And yeah. if it doesn't seem like a big deal to you, like, it can be to other people. I, I'm very much – I like that idea a lot. Like, it's it kind of just – you know, play it close to the chest. I have like a, I walk a weird line with spoilers for I, when I was a kid, I used to like, like I read the entire leaked script for star Wars episode two before I saw it in theaters, because I wanted to like know everything ahead of time. <laughs> but that was almost like this self-preservation where I was like, I don't want this movie to be spoiled by anyone else, but me. So I'm going to like fall on my own sword or whatever. Um, and then conversely, like now I'll do this thing where like, I'll reach a certain point. Like I'll see like the first 10 seconds of a trailer for something. And if I'm completely hooked, I'm like, no more. And then I will go on complete media blackout until it's time to actually see the thing. And that's been, you know, entirely fun. But then uh, like weird flip side is sometimes it goes to the territory of this job is that like stuff has to be spoiled for work related thing. Like I worked the, the red carpet for Deadpool two and I was incredibly excited about that movie. And there was a bunch of stuff that was uh, th- theoretically a surprise when I finally saw it. But um, there, it seemed like I wasn't going to get a chance to screen the movie before we did like interviews on the red carpet. And they were like, we need to have you up to speed on what happens in the movie. So uh, Jackie Jing, who I used to work with, basically gave me an entire beat by beat synopsis of everything that happens in that movie on the assumption that I wouldn't be able to see it before we did this interviews. And I was like, well, that's uh, deeply heartbreaking and bittersweet. <laughs> but then I got the ghost screening for it. And it was like, I knew exactly what would happen around every corner, but there was still tons of stuff in there, like moment to moment stuff and like little details that, you know, weren't spoiled. So like, like the, the big stuff was spoiled, but like it, you know, I feel like it's, it's never, it should never just be like, it should never just be the destination with spoilers. Like there's always yeah. like good media always has some other value to it that like, I mean, <laughs> Conversely, like you could take the ending for Mass Effect 3, which is um, infamously not great, and you could probably rewrite that to sound really good. Like you could probably write a, a description in a comment where you like you describe it like vividly and it sounds it sounds awesome. And, you know, that's sort of I feel like I don't know. I'm, I, I haven't even read the spoilers for Last of Us, but, you know, it's I'm I don't know. Like, I, I feel like you could you could spoil a, b- a big twist for, for me and I would I would be like, well, I'm sure there's still going to be some like you know, audio log in the corner of a room in that game that is more interesting to me than that. So yeah, it's it's that kind of thing. It reminds me of like, you know, when people are challenged to tweet out your favorite movie in a misleading way or something like that. And people have to kind of like tweet out the synopsis of what the movie is. And it's always in this really different, unusual way um, because it lacks any of the context that kind of makes that movie what it is. Uh, I feel that's the same as reading a spoiler. It's just like, you're just, it's, it's, we're all reiterating the same thing. It's just you're missing so much depth and 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 character development and um and and nuance uh, that it might as well just be a, a, a an obscure you know a, a tweeting out a, a game in an obscure way. It just it's not the actual finished product. Yeah, we're obviously with what Naughty Dog has said about this game. It's their largest game yet. Like it is this massive undertaking that they have like figured out every little intricate bit of the story. I spoke to Neil Druckmann at the preview event and he was talking about like even like what we've shown you and I saw two and a half, three hours of the game is such a small sliver of what they have to show. And even if you out there like me or like Lucy have been blindsided, Lucy was so angry about them. She left. Um, (laughs) if you've been blindsided by a spoiler in the same way we have, like for me, I'm still very excited and interested to play this game because I want to see what the adventure is. And I don't think seeking out spoilers inherently itself is a bad thing. I think the way these spoilers have been put out there is the wrong bit of it, I guess. Um, because like Lucy was saying, I don't think being mad at a company for having terrible work policies, if that's the case with Naughty Dog, is, um makes this act still not like this act is still a frustrating one, a disappointing one because it does hurt so many other people and not just those people at the top. It's and like burning say, down. It's like burning down your apartment building. Cause you're mad at your landlord. Like it, yeah, it doesn't yeah. just spite the landlord. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also, I just want to say like, if you share spoilers uh, for the sole purpose of just like shitting on someone's day, then you're a dick. Like you're yeah. a dick. Yeah. And like there's kind of like there's no there's no real kind of gray area there. And if you're cool with being a dick, that's that's you know, power to you, brother or sister. Um but like I you know, I just I, I can't stand I've had I've already had people like tweet the spoilers at me and, and, and go on my Instagram and stuff and, and it's just like, okay, cool. Like you 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 did it. You you really upheld your your dickishness there, you know? Well done. <laughs> 
yeah, it's it's a frustrating thing that's definitely going to be happening, I think, for a few weeks uh, since we have a little over a month and a half to go before this game. But so if you are out there and you don't want to be spoiled, be safe, mute some words on Twitter, maybe don't check message request DMs uh, from strangers. Uh, just take a couple precautions like we all did, uh, like I did before Avengers Endgame and muted about a thousand keywords. Um, but yeah, it is unfortunate to see. I am excited to eventually play that game. It is kind of crazy, even though, like we were saying, time is irrelevant that we're that close to that game, uh, even with the slight delay. Um, that and Ghost is going to make for a very fun summer, I think. But uh, moving on to a little bit of other news I want to mention this week. Um, Pistol Whip is coming to PSVR. This is a really cool looking VR game that is out on other VR headsets. Have you played this, Tom? Oh, yeah. Pistol Whip yeah. awesome. Um, since you've played it, do you want to describe it a little bit instead of me using like the canned blog post? Yeah, yeah. Not to so put you like, on the spot. Beat Saber is like is like Guitar Hero with lightsabers, and Pistol Whip is like Guitar Hero with guns. Uh, it's a, <laughs> like that's kind of a really easy way of do, saying it. So you are you have uh, pistols, and you're going down a hallway like it's just automatically moving you forward, and while you're there guys will come out at you kind of like Western standoff movies, like pop out behind cover or like river, not river city ransom. Well, you know, those old shooty games where you're like shooting at the guys, like the arcade shooters, like time crisis sort of stuff, Yeah. but you're moving uh, and you have to shoot them and kill them. But if you shoot them on the beat, you get more points. So like there's a song for every level and you have to like, so it, it rocks you into this like rhythm where you have to be like, bop, 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 dodge, bop, bop, bop. And like, it's it's really, really cool. It's a very, very fun game. Yeah, it, it looks like one of the f- fresher ideas of using VR for uh, sort of a genre that we're all pretty familiar with. And as like a huge Beat Saber fan, it seems totally up my alley. Uh, and they keep referencing like John Wick action scenes, but set to music. So I'll, I'll take that game. Uh, that's coming out this summer. Um, unfortunately, a little closer to the summer now. Star Wars Episode One Racer just on PS4 was delayed from May 12th to the end of May. I believe it's May 24th or 26th. Um, a weird two-week delay. It's still coming to Switch on May 12th. Uh, so if you want it, go pick it up on Switch right away. If not, as uh, Altano, I think it's suggested on multiple shows, go buy it drunk on PS4 later this May. A um, little bit of a disappointing there. Uh, and in case you didn't get a chance to check it out, please go check out uh, Simon Cardi from our IGN UK team. He was the one who reviewed P- Predator Hunting Grounds for us, uh, the PS4 console exclusive, also out on PC. Uh, he didn't love it. He gave it a 5 out of 10. Um, but uh, you should definitely go check out. He has a lot more thoughts than just a number uh, in his review, if you're wondering why he gave it that score. Uh, I've only been able to play a little bit of it. I don't know if anyone else has had time with it. Um, uh- I played a I played a handful of matches. I actually I I really like it. Um, I'm I I don't know if they, if I have like brain damage or something, but I'm like infamously like really soft on Predator things. Um, and I think it's because the Predator is fundamentally a dumb property. Um, <laughs> like I'm sorry if you th- if you if you think it's serious, but it's it's like it's it's tomfoolery. That was a bunch <laughs> of muscle men who took a vacation in Mexico and then they made the muscle movie where they fight the, the lizard frog with the fishnet tights. But, did, uh, you like, <laughs> did you like the last Predator movie though, Max? I did. I did. And like, did. that's why I said oh, I think I have brain injuries. That breaks my heart. That was a poop movie. It was oh. a mess of a film, but it was a loud, stupid mess and I enjoyed myself with it. So I don't know what to tell you. Maybe you're being too, maybe you're being too easy. Maybe you're on the alien side based on your xenomorph. Tab. Maybe you, you play favorites with the other, not the Yautja, but the xenomorph. Um, but no, like I, I, uh, I don't know. I have this, I have an issue with, with just the fact that we do give like, um, like hard scored reviews to multiplayer games that are inevitably going to get patched and updated and stuff. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like that's uh, like it, I don't know like stuff gets like I, I played it when it first launched and it was like the the servers were kind of a mess and just like over the course of the weekend they've they've improved that so i mean there's still like a bunch of texture popping and stuff so i don't know i mean i it's it's got its issues but like i also was like i don't know i had a good time with it tom rebuttal well i, no. <laughs> I mean <laughs> just for, for insight as our deputy reviews editor max i i think that you're uh fundamentally wrong and have brain damage pretty much is just no um right. No, I think that's a it's a really really good point because it, and it's something that we've talked about a lot on the reviews team too of just like how you adapt because every game is a living game now whether it wants to say it's a living game or it's it comes along with those connotations or not. 
Um, and the way we've sort of adjusted to that is uh, like we we re-review games more now than we have kind of ever, right? Like we just did a re-review of Sea of Thieves. We've done re-reviews of Rainbow Six Siege, of uh, all sorts of games, right? Like I'm totally blanking. Rocket I think League Rocket League, and, yeah, has yeah, gotten a, a million different things. And like, I think that's kind of the way we just take that is like, I, I'm cool with putting a number on what it is right now because fundamentally what it is is, hey, this is a product that is being sold. Like, do, mm. does this reviewer think that you should buy it right now? Does this reviewer recommend what is available to you at this moment? And inevitably, like you said, those get out of date because online games change. And once they get out of date, if they get out of date enough that it becomes a different enough experience, we'll, we'll revisit it. They're totally open to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've definitely appreciated the more you guys have started to implement re-reviews. Sorry, Max, what were you going to say? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, this is a you know obviously a bigger conversation. I'm just I'm you know I'm like I'm willing to forgive the predator for his, for his flaws <laughs> because I'm like I get pumped about stupid predator shit. But like, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird because like we see like some of the biggest games that people are still playing. Like when they launched, we were like, I don't know, seven out of ten, and then it's like five years later, we're like. All right, so should we like host the esports tournament for it because it's the biggest game on earth, or like, what are we, you know, like what do you do there? But I mean, yes. Alternatively, though, we just reviewed Fallout seventy six Wastelanders and gave that a six. So you know, not all games. Get- yeah, but that that reminds me pretty distinctly of <laughs> fair point. <laughs> Rainbow Six Siege, which Tom, you did you do the re review for? I or did am do I the re review. Yeah, don't uh, game. <laughs> but I, like that's definitely a game that I think it launched a lot of us. I think we gave it somewhere around a six. Like we gave it a, a somewhat middling review, and it was one of those like, well, you know, they tried a different thing with Rainbow Six, and we moved on, but the world didn't, and it became one of the biggest games in the world. And well, and Ubisoft improved that game a lot, yeah, right? Yeah. Just to Max's point, like there's there's totally examples of games that that started like No Man's Sky is another really great example of a game that launched with a lot of struggles and a lot of complaints, and over the years got tons of free updates and we re-reviewed it and it's a much much better game than it was before like it's not just and it's final uh, fantasy 14 right like, yeah. yeah final, final the, fantasy 14 is the best comeback story of all yeah the biggest comeback story yeah even games that didn't need a comeback like the witcher 3 revamped its combat system post-launch it's just yeah. showing off yeah <laughs> yeah they just were like oh what's the one not great thing we'll we'll make that better um but yeah it's definitely go check out simon's full review for his impressions and it's currently available uh yeah i've played a few matches and had a fun time but want to dive into it more uh, and definitely see what like the long tail of a game like that mm-hmm. uh what the predator will be like um but i figure we can jump into what we're playing this week and tom since uh you are our guest this week uh why don't you tell me what you've been playing because you've been playing a game i really love and i want to yeah talk about it. <laughs> i've been like flush with games recently like, I, I think it was basically since Animal Crossing came out, it feels like I have too many things to play in like a really, really satisfying, good way. So I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing, but the thing I've kind of been spending most of my time with before my Final Fantasy review and now after my Final Fantasy review is Persona 5 Royal. Um, I'm, I already played through all of Persona 5. I've talked about it on this show before. It's one of my favorite JRPGs. And like, I'm just kind of, I, I think I'm, somewhere between 20 and 30 hours into Royal now. And I'm like so impressed with all of the changes that they've made, like leading up to it from the Japanese launch and stuff like that. I'd heard a lot of disappointment from people being like, it's not kind of enough. It's just sort of feels like a DLC tacked on, but like I'm nowhere near any of the like really, really new content at the end of the game. And there's already so many changes that are just absolutely amazing to me. Like, I love the new additions to the battle system. I love the new additions to like the with the persona skills and kind of some of the changes that have been made to combination combining them. I, I love the new confidants. I love how they've changed mementos. I've loved how they've upgraded some of the fights and some of the, the palaces. It just really feels like they just made an incredible game better. Like I, <laughs> I, I can't believe they did it, but they really basically just looks like they went down a laundry list of like, what is sort of, what are the minor complaints that people have with this game? Let's fix them. And that is 
so cool. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I never thought I was going to beat Persona 5 to start. And now I cannot believe I am really ready to play it a second time. Like, that's wild to me. So I'm, I've been having a blast with that. Even though you know the story twists of that game. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Even though I know them. <laughs> Although I guess I don't because there's a whole well, new... The new twist. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. If, you're trying to avoid, if you're trying to avoid spoilers for Persona 5 Royal, don't play Persona 5. That's the, true. the trick right there. Full <laughs> um, of spoilers. But, well, so here's the other thing. is like Persona 5 yeah. Royal is so good, I would never recommend anyone play Persona 5 anymore. Like there's no yeah. reason in my mind to go back to the original. That's kind of how definitive this feels. Yeah, oh I was God. I was just about to ask I, that. I, I like I got three quarters of the way through Persona Five, and it's it's still installed on my PlayStation with the intention to go back. But now, l- l- listen, to you, you're convincing me to throw yeah. it all away and set fire to it and and get a brand new game. Even within the first five hours for me, I haven't gotten to as much as Tom has, but even just in the first few hours when I started playing it, um, it was one of those things where one, as someone who loves the game, I somehow had nostalgia for a three-year-old game i was like oh yeah i loved this this was such a great amazing experience for me but um just even the little touches here and there um just made everything feel so fresh even at the start um that i can only imagine as someone who didn't finish you'll continue to go through and find so much new hey i got a Um, question yeah how do they get a pass for this like how did how do, like how how is it that we get people like just you know railing about being nickel and dimed over like you know DLC or expansions or like on disc stuff or you know like things being chipped off into episodic releases not pointing any fingers here but for whatever reason it's totally okay for Atlas to be like surprise here's an extra mission or two or like some extra content but it's baked into the full game sold at retail price like that seems like it didn't just didn't just Tom just sort of answer that with all his laundry. <laughs> I'm not saying no, but that's but specifically because people already purchased the regular version, like and like, you can't. I I think right. you're told no 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 yeah. So like what to, to what Lucy was saying, yeah, I think that the improvements are significant, but you're totally right that like this is something that other people would be called out for, and I think they are getting called out for it a little bit, but yeah. like. I think probably one of the answers is that it's sort of been long enough and it adds enough and the game is so enormous already that like it's and and also I think there's just a little bit of history with Persona because Persona has done this two times previously right with Persona 4 Golden well yeah Golden was on that was on Vita right like that was that was, I think they got the they got the excuse there to be like, oh, we moved oh, it from PS2 yeah. to Vita. So in this case, it's like this is this could very easily have been like, oh, it's Persona Five Game of the Year edition or whatever. And well, then, to, yes. be, to be fair, Persona Four started as a PS3 game, <laughs> or Persona Five, excuse me, started as a PS3 game. Uh, <laughs> and... mm. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. I mean, it, yeah, I, I think the answer is that it, that's... sometimes they. Uh, I don't know. The rules don't make sense anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I will say, I think that was <laughs> that, <Cast> over. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely some of the initial blowback when it first came out in Japan was people uh, kind of digging it because you can't, as someone who's played Persona 5, I can't download a patch and buy a season pass to just put that content in my original game, which yeah. is, is a weird thing that you do have to go and buy this full priced version, but it's really fun, and I love I Persona think that's, so much. That's a it. testament to Personas. You can't even yeah. stay mad at it. it like, yeah. Can, yeah, sure thing, baby. 60 bucks, whatever you want. You know. <laughs> I'm, I'm smiling, thinking about, oh, yeah, I get to go back and play more of it after this. I'm excited yeah, for that. And, and especially if you compare it to something like uh, the other game I'm playing a little bit of right now, which is Monster Hunter World. Like, the Iceborne expansion was sold as an expansion, but if you didn't have World, once Iceborne came out, you could buy them for one as one package for $60, right? And Iceborne yeah. was as big as the base game. So like that is inarguably a better deal, right? For the consumer. It is, it's a so much of a better deal. It's so much cheaper. It's so much more effective too if you already have the base game. So yeah, I think you're right. I think that there are better ways they could have done this. And it's just like enough of a game and enough of a good game and a new game that people just sort of are looking the other way in a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, Max, you said you were playing Predator. Uh, have you been playing that in anything else or mostly focused? On um, I just jumped into Streets of Rage 4 during my lunch. Um, I, my wife and I jumped in and played some co-op and it's fun as hell. Um, yeah. 
it's like i i mean it's it's exactly what it like it's exactly what it looks like it feels like the original um like kind of for better or for worse i really like the hand-drawn sprites but there's still you know stupid arcadey shit where you're like you wind up like punching your your co-op partner in the face a bunch <laughs> of times or like you know and it's it's um I'm not gonna say hard it's like it's it's as sort of unforgiving as those games used to be where if you like get you you know you get your ass kicked with like that much life on a boss it doesn't let you do like a checkpoint you're like no nah, get get it get back in there at the beginning and go eat more roast turkey out of garbage cans but um music's great presentation's awesome it's like exactly the kind of dumb brainless like you know button mashy stuff that i'm having fun with so yeah, I've been playing a bit of that as well and did the same play co-op with my girlfriend. And yeah, it's exactly what I want from Streets of Rage, which is more Streets of Rage. Um, the special moves are fun. I like testing out the different characters. Um, the like risk and reward of using your special attacks, but that also knocks down your health is a really fun mechanic to have in play because you can accidentally really put yourself in a bad place uh, with that stuff. But it's been a lot of fun to see like old character models of the main characters you play as and also like the enemies come back in new ways and just the way they're integrating it all together i i'm really enjoying it so far too um lucy what have you been playing oh well you know it's a playstation podcast um oh no no, i i i know i've just been playing loads of animal crossing just because it's like it's it's where my mental state is right now i just need very basic tasks to you know challenge myself to complete and then i complete them and then i feel like i've achieved something in this strange wasteland of a existence we have right now um but no just that in final fantasy 7 still which i'm still having a total blast with um i haven't finished it because i've been distracted with my with my with my animal crossing but uh i'm i'm almost there you better get there before we do a spoiler cast when are we doing oh, that I, don't you worry i will Uh, we're we're looking into timing right now uh uh, yeah amanda on our video production team has been helping me try to figure out a schedule for that okay Um, i don't know how much more i have to do with that game i'm like i'm at the very the very end and i'm just it kind of like it's it's weird it definitely kind of hits like a lull like it gets to a point where it's there's some i think there's some pacing stuff towards the tail end where it you're kind of like oh like back to back to another back to another building i guess all right you know (laughs) anyway yeah the, no, the the cycle of that stuff i definitely get and i think that's something that tom spoke to in his review really well was like there's a lot of the great like main campaign that they push you through but then as you start to do the side stuff and some of the ancillary stuff that feels like filler um it gets in the way of what's really great about that game sometimes but we'll we'll talk about that more in the spoiler cast for sure uh, i also wanted to mention briefly i decided to jump back into assassin's creed 4 black flag the ah, my favorite assassin's creed because okay. i i never played more than the first hour or two of it as much as i love that franchise it was just like when the new consoles came out i was distracted with a bunch of other things and just never got to it um so it was on sale at like christmas time and i'm finally jumping back in um and yeah that that is a really good assassin's creed game i get why <laughs> everyone loves it so much like so wow i there there are all these little moments that happened um because for me one of my favorite things in assassin's creed is in two when you have Ezio's villa like i'm just a sucker for when you have like a home base that you can build up uh and so like Ezio's villa or like in nino Kuni like 2. a little game called animal crossing i've heard of it <laughs> My turnip prices are actually pretty good today. Um, but so I loved the Nino Kuni 2 Kingdom. I loved Ezio's village and a uh, village. And so here, when you find out you basically have your own uh, like pirate town that you have to build up uh, and you have to like start different businesses in there. And uh, then you get Kenway's fleet, which is basically like the Assassin's Creed 2 uh, Brotherhood mechanic is put in there too. And it's like all these great elements on top of really, really fun naval combat. Uh, I, I looked it up because I was curious. That map is virtually the same size as Odyssey's map, and they are by far the two biggest Assassin's Creed maps of the entire franchise. Um, like Origins, I think, is half the size of uh, Black Flag and Odyssey's map. It's just huge. So big it broke Jonathan. Did he cr- did he freeze in the making the worst face? That is a oh great face. That's the worst face. Really good face. Um... Wow, I thought that was me for a second, but you guys are still talking. <laughs> oh my gosh, Dornor. Uh, I think I it's the, wanna, like... Do you think a ghost happened? <laughs> yeah, I Hi. think a ghost happened. Can you hear me now? Whoa. Yes, you're back. This episode is cursed. 
This is a cursed episode of Beyond. Honestly, if it. you get if you got killed by the Babadook right there, I wouldn't I would believe it. <laughs> yeah. Like you went you went like and then you were frozen <laughs> like that, and then the next thing it came up was just like this blurry black and white shadowy thing. So Oh my god. Yeah. Um I'm gonna don't you will die seven days after watching this episode of Beyond, so thanks for tuning in. Um, share it with 12 friends or something bad will happen. Anyway, uh, yeah, Black Flag is really great and I'm loving it. Uh, and I can't wait until we eventually get more Assassin's Creed because Black Flag is great. I loved Odyssey. I'm excited to see where they go next. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up, though, for all of the... Uh, main segments of what uh, we had to talk about this week if you're wondering probably because when this episode goes up we didn't talk about playstation plus free games because they'll probably get announced as soon as we're done recording this um those will be new next week so we'll talk about that though as a reminder you can still pick up the free playstation games um the uncharted nathan drake trilogy and uh journey if you have a playstation account you don't need ps plus you can go play those games and play them because they're great games um speaking of games we've picked up their time Go on. Tom. Is it me? <gasps> no. Tom. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm just going to guess what uh, what Dorno was going to ask you. Did he say speaking of games you're, we're playing? Is I think you said you picked up. I think I know where he's going with this, actually. All right. Let's, let's, let's hear your answer. I, I was talking about with this with him earlier in the week. I actually bought yesterday uh, Last of Us Remastered because... Oh. I had a moment where I heard about the spoilers and I was like, jokes on jerks who want to spoil it. I never played the first one, so I don't care. And then I was like, wait, that's a terrible way to think because that means I'm probably not going to... Welcome back, Jonathan. Hi. Hi, Dono. <laughs> my my computer is just frozen on the Discord, so I have no idea what's happening there. Are you on, phone, on your phone? I'm on my phone right now. Amazing. I was... Um, I was willing to bet you were going to ask me. I love this brave me, new world. Yeah. I was willing to bet you were going to ask me about game, a game I picked up being The Last of Us. It was. How did hey, you I did it. Yeah, no, I bought Last of Us Remastered because when I played Last of Us uh, when I was younger, like when it first came out, I mean, um, I played about four hours and it was so like, I was I respected the heck out of it. I thought it was really beautiful and really cool, but also it was so intentionally, mind you, like tense and like oppressive feeling that I was like, I could just play Mario and be happy instead of play this game and be sad. And so I went and like, just played happier games. And like, that's like, was just an all me sort of thing, but I'm finally, finally, finally going to play the last of us remastered so that I can prep for the second one. Now that it has a maybe final release date. So that's what I. Tom, Tom was... can I, can I ask you to do something as well? Yes. Like once you finished, once you finished the last of us, can you also please play left behind? Which oh, the DLC. DLC, which is the best story DLC in my opinion. That that well, one of the best story DLCs that exist. It's just a, an incredible standalone uh, story told in the Last of Us universe, and it's it. I I was very very moved by it, and I think you will be too. Cool. Yeah, I'll go for it. I'm excited. I'm excited to finally like see what all the hype is about. <laughs> how much? How much do you guys want to bet that this this next month's PlayStation Plus is Last of Us remastered? <laughs> Didn't I miss it? Wasn't it a few months? It it was I think last year or the year before. Okay. But I wouldn't be shocked if it's again, uh, or even if they do an extra bonus game this month that is the Last of Us because I. Whenever they do that, I'm like, oh, that's really smart. They did that with the Borderlands Handsome Collection. They've done that with a few other games. But I'm like, that should just always be the MO for PS Plus. Like, get people excited for a new game with the game before it in the franchise. Yeah. Well, it was 25% off. So it was like $15, which seems criminally cheap for that game. So I'm just excited to finally be playing, like, finally commit to it and be like, it's going to make me sad, but that's okay. Like, that's the point. You should be sad anyway. I mean, yeah, it's 2020, cool. buddy. <laughs> I'm already saturated in it. That's what you're saying. Max, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm not like, I'm not a very sad guy. <laughs> kind I know. Of... Yeah, you don't, you don't really exude melancholy, do you? No, no. No, you're, you're cherubic. I think you'll put on like a gray bow tie instead of a rainbow one if that happens. I want to see, I want to see bad Tom. I want to see you put on like, you just put on like a black bow tie and you're like, Arr! I have a bow tie with. I'm with, bad, Tom. I have He's one that's that. black with uh, skull and crossbones, so I'll wear that next time I'm on the show. I love it. 
perfect. I love the idea of sad Tom. Yeah, definitely. Please let us know uh, how that goes. <laughs> we all love the idea. Of sad we, Tom. we love the idea of sad Tom. Uh, we like to just see the, the many facets of Tom. Um, but definitely, definitely let us know how that goes. Um, because I'm now on my phone, I'm a little uh, hamstrung about how to do things on this show. So <laughs> I'd wrap things up by asking Max, uh, what's in your pocket? Who puts things in their pockets anymore when they don't leave the house? True. <laughs> I don't have anything in my pocket. I have nothing. There's literally no, I'm not, I don't think even wearing a belt. No, I'm not wearing a belt. I'm like a, I'm like a, I, I might as well be in like a, a, a jail, you know, like I don't have anything I could use as a weapon or to hang myself. It's, it's a, I mean, there's plenty of stuff around me, but what do I got here? What's some good, what's some good treats? Uh, here, let's check this out. Ah, here's this, uh, this model kit of Goku I've been working on. Can you see it? I got to focus it. It's, it's very little, small. Yeah. It looks really good. Not that one. How is it? Show it. Show the Goku. Oh, no. What is it doing? There we go. No, show oh. Goku. So, yeah, it's a little model <laughs> kit of Goku. I can't just stop focusing on me. Stop looking at me. Look at look at the Goku. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, so it's a little model kit that I've been working on. And it's there's all sorts of other trinkets around me. But, yes. You have photos of him on your Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've been yeah, I've been dabbling in in Twitch streaming, so I was like painting that and drinking beer and talking to people quietly. And then people are like, "This is like some weird ASMR stuff, kind of Bob Rossi." I'm into it. I'm like, "You should be more bored than you are." Uh, all of your stuff has looked amazing. Uh, I'm excited. Oh, and a, a Nerf blaster. I think that's probably a good sign that we should be wrapping up this show. So thank you so much to everyone who's been watching or listening to this episode of Beyond, episode 642 of our weekly PlayStation show. You can find us normally on IGN.com and YouTube.com slash IGN Beyond or uh, Lucy in the ether where she disappears to when the show ends. Uh, I am at JM Dornbush on Twitter. Tom, oh, Tom is at Tom R. Marks. Lucy is at Luce O'Brien, and she's here to hear me say that. And Max is at Max Scoville. Uh, you can also find Brian, who's not with us this week. Uh, he was busy, but you can find him at Agent Bizzle. You should tweet at him and say, hey, Brian, you're awesome. Keep doing what you do, because, uh, you know, he's not here to hear me say this. So tell him that. Uh, and otherwise, you can find us IGN.com, YouTube.com, slash IGN, everything we make, write, shoot, film, produce, edit, listen to it's all there uh anyway thank you all so much for listening and are watching thank you to writer producer and as always beyond 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 hey there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.